Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of Lit AF with me, your host, Sarah Cohan. I am so excited for today's guest. Her name is Jana Romer. She is a yoga nidra teacher, coach, um, being, and <laughs> she has created a um, platform called Attune to the Moon, where she blends astrology with the practice of yoga nidra. Um, and she just launched a new membership website. She's been doing this for a long time, but kind of like formalized everything into this amazing program um, where there's like astro nidras and yoga nidras um, based on the moon, where the moon, uh, which whatever sign the moon is in. And it rotates, you know, when as the moon does, which is like almost every three days. Um, so it's a platform that I've been using for the last couple of months. And it's how I start my day. Um, so it was really, really cool to just sit down and talk with her about the bigger picture of um, this platform and um, what her influences are and, and where she hopes to take this. And we get into a lot. We get into this amazing discussion about um, rewiring your brain and just getting closer to kind of your soul purpose. So I really hope that you enjoy. And of course, as always, before every episode, I'm going to give you my weekly update. And I was um, sitting here trying to think what I was wanting to talk about this week. And I feel like it's related to what I shared last week. So last week I talked about coming back from my honeymoon, which was amazing. Um, and right before the honeymoon ended, I got just like the world's worst food poisoning. And it was kind of like this gigantic reset. And I think too, that sometimes going on vacation can be a huge reset. Like every time I come back from it, I'm like, Oh, right. How do I get up in the morning? How do I like, do I take a shower every day? I don't remember. How do I human? <laughs> and so, um, I think coming back from vacation is like that normal process of like, Oh yeah, this is how I walk my dog every day. This is how we leave my house. Sometimes not every day. And then, um, to add on to that, this like food poisoning, I feel like I'm just like, how do I think? How do I operate? Um, so it's been interesting. And I've noticed with this work that um, it kind of ebbs and flows. Like there will be times when I'm super connected to myself and just so accepting and I almost like glowing, like um, appreciative of everyone around me and just, you know, some people call that like high vibe, whatever you want to call it. And um, coming back, I've just felt like just like confused and almost like a baby, like trying to do everything for the first time. And I felt this way before. And it, it, it almost seems like there's a real natural ebb and flow to my relationship with myself. So I share that in case any of you have gone through the same thing. And I, um, I'm trying to offer myself compassion. And so therefore, I'm obviously offering you compassion and just kind of like enjoying and reveling in that flow rather than trying to push it. Because I found myself being like, okay, if I just journal and do all my nightly exercises um, and, and maybe add an additional um, meditation or movement practice, this will happen faster. And I don't know if that's the case. Like maybe sure that would have worked, but um, I was going to move at the pace that I was going to move at. So, um, so yeah, I've just been like sitting in that and trying not to judge it, um, which is normally what I would do. So that feels really lovely. Um, and my heart goes out to you if you are in an ebb and also if you're near a flow, like whichever part of that river you're in, just my heart goes out to you. I love you all. <laughs> all right. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the show, Jana Romer. I am just so excited to have you here today. Thank you for being oh, here. Thank you so much for having me. I think this is yeah. going to be fun. Yeah. So Jana is the um, owner, founder, brainchild, creator, mastermind behind Attuned to the Moon, which for me has been a daily practice and 
just an incredible journey since I've found it, which was only a couple months ago. So I'm really appreciative of your work and so excited to talk to you about it today. Oh, thank yeah. you. So, I'm so glad you're doing it daily. That makes me so happy. Oh my God. I like, I used to, I used to try and sit and meditate <laughs> just with my brain and it was just exhausting and I'm a dancer. So like getting into my body is like the thing for me to just reset and embody. And your yoga nidras are like my thing and having them we're going to talk about what this program is, but this is just my overview. <laughs> Having them um, connected to the moon and the astrology and the sun sign is just like this wonderful refresh and it hits so many things. So I am really, really grateful. <laughs> it's fun because it's not like when in the world of astrology, I don't think that there are many resources that tell you how to put it in your body or like you can read an astro update, but then what do you do with it? And that yes. was always my question. It's like, well, what do I do with this then? Yeah. And so the way this started to come through was in my own practices, the astrology started to show me what to do with it. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. If I wow. share this with other people, actually, I didn't think anybody would care, to be honest. <gasps> I, somebody else encouraged me to share it with Oh, my people. gosh. And um, turns out people are into it. Oh, my God. It's yeah. Just, I have like so many questions, but before we get into all the questions, I want to start with an astro update. These are like my favorite thing to listen to. You have the most amazing voice and I love the way that you channel or not channel how you read the stars. So tell us, I don't, I don't even know what, what breadth of an update you want to give us. If it's a month, a year, forever, all time, I don't know, but let us know. Well, I, you said that this is being published on the 3rd of March. Correct. And so I looked at the 3rd of March because in astrology, when you look at like the day something's going to happen, that always tells you a little bit more about the thing that's happening. <laughs> and when I opened to, to the 3rd of March, it is Venus sextile Uranus. And this is such a fun aspect to play with because Venus is a, it's a benefic planet. It wants to help and bring more harmony and abundance and relationships and love and promise, you know, like Venus is a, one of our best buddies in astrology. And when it's sextile Uranus, it's like unexpected fun and relationships and harmony and abundance. There could be an influx of money, or maybe it's like a stroke of insight or an idea that comes in today that then ends up translating into more harmony or more abundance or better relationships. And so I just thought that was really interesting because not only are we like we're publishing this, but you're giving me an opportunity to share what I'm doing on this day. And, and then maybe something in here will spark something in somebody that will change their perspective of the world or their understanding of their own life. And so I just thought like from the astrology, from that point of view, it's, it's like an auspicious and day to even mm. be doing this. Mm. And then that. I know, right. And then, um, in the astrology of 2020 and up until now in 2021, we haven't really heard from Neptune, the planet Neptune mm. and we're in Pisces season and Pisces is ruled by Jupiter from traditional astrology, which is everybody loves Jupiter. Jupiter expands. Jupiter is the teacher. You know, if you want to grow something, you look to Jupiter. If you want to bring greater understanding to something, you look to Jupiter. And then Pisces is also ruled by Neptune in more contemporary modern astrology. And Neptune, Neptune as a planet is kind of tricky. Like you don't quite know what you're ever going to get with Neptune because it's the placer of illusions and it's the dissolver of illusions. And so when we're looking at Neptune, like for example, one of the Neptune days that we have is a week from, from the day that this is published on March the 10th and it's the sun is conjunct Neptune. And on that day, if you're in a relationship it's a really good day for romance and to go deeper into the relationship and to like merge with your partner because you're given this opportunity to like the veil between you guys or the mm. secrets, they just dissolve. So if you're in love, this is an amazing day for love and romance. But if you're single and ready to mingle, this is the worst day ever to meet <laughs> someone. It's the worst day ever. <laughs> <Bummer>. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, because you you might see them and just think, wow, it's my it's my person. They're everything. They're all the check boxes. And then a month or two or six months or 10 years later, you find out they've been living a double life or there's a lie or their career isn't their career or the age isn't their age or their name isn't their name or something like that because there's this veil of illusion that could potentially be put there. And so with Neptune, what I've noticed is that like, the level of intimacy with what it is that you're relating to determines whether you're going into illusion or delusion or whether you're going into a more psychic connection. Mm. And so, because it, it like dissolves, you know? Wow. So, and so the reason I brought that up is because we have some Neptune action that we haven't seen much Neptune action and Pisces season is ruled by Neptune, which is cool for a number of reasons. It's the perfect time to start a yoga ninja practice because Neptune is the ruler of the subconscious mind. And where do we do, what do we do in yoga ninja? We go into the subconscious mind. It's great for astrology or divination of any kind. Like if you want to, I mean, with the same warning symbol that I just said, you could (laughs) pull some cards, you know, you could pull some Oracle cards and you could see what you want to see instead of seeing what's really there. Mm. Or it could help to bring out your psychic abilities. So when I look at that, it's like, okay, where am I? Am I mentally stable? Am I mentally and emotionally sound when I'm looking at these cards? Or am I like desperately seeking something? And if you're desperately seeking something, put the cards away. Mm. And then I laugh because if you're emotionally in and and mentally like steady, you probably not pulling out the cards anyway. True. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Right? So, <laughs> right. So we have more Neptune action. So like I said, on the 10th, it's that, that Sunday. So great for relationships, not if you're single, but at the, on the same token, it can be a really good day to be in your imagination and in your creativity and like going into the more ethereal realm of connecting with your higher self or connecting with like, what is your intuition? How do I connect with my intuition? How does my intuition speak to me? And so that can be a really, really positive day for that. And then we have it um, again on the 13th, which is Saturday, where Venus, who on the day that this comes out on the third is with Uranus, bringing in some excitement. And on the 13th, so 10 days later, it's with Neptune, which if you're kind of following these 10 days, you're really like gradually opening up this portal to conceiving a creative project or like coming through with the idea. So if somebody has been stuck, like, what's my next move? Or like, oh, I know I'm like on the verge of something big or you're trying to figure out new pathways for income or to diversify your your um, income streams or any of these types of things. It's like as we go through these first 10 days after this podcast is released, it is like the perfect time to be listening for that kind of insight because Uranus rules money. It rules currency. And then over here, we have Venus ruling also money. And Venus is playing all over the place and and Neptune on this one could dissolve the blocks. It could dissolve the barriers. It could like help you get to that place where all of a sudden it's like, oh, why didn't I think of that? I cannot, it's been right in front of my eyes for so long. It's literally been right here. I've heard the concept 15 times, but I didn't see how it applied to me. And all of a sudden it's just like, boom, there it is. Mm. And so like for the month of March and and I would say the focus for all of us is to leave room for imagination and give yourself more time to sleep and more time to dream, whether that is your daydream and your fantasy world or your actual dreaming, sleeping world, like get a dream journal. And then what do those dreams mean? You know? So th- those are, those are like two big standouts that I think are worthy of noting. And then of course we have, um, another Venus, just to bring it all in together on the 18th, Venus is sextile Pluto. And so here we have Venus is having a conversation with all of the, so Uranus and Neptune and Pluto, they're the transgenerational planets. And so they are working on the collective and they're like the slow, deep work that takes a lot of time to transform. 
And Pluto is masterful at helping us let things go, whether we want it or not, it will rip it out of your hands if it's not yours anymore. (laughs) And so like, if you, again, you're following this line, it's like, okay, we've got insights, we've got fun. We're thinking outside the box. We've got these, this idea for creativity and conceiving a project. Well, on the 18th, which is the Thursday following Venus is sextile Pluto. And all he's going to do is say, Hey, sweetheart, you have the idea now. You have the pathway. It's been drawn. Let this other stuff go. I understand that this is what's kept you safe. And I understand this has been your routine. Or I understand that this has been a relationship that helps you. But you're growing. You're moving on. You're expanding. This is your metamorphosis. And so don't be afraid to let go of that branch because the other branch is already there and you've got to hold on it. So let the other one go and jump fully into where you're headed. And so I think March is a really nice nice journey oh it's a God. really nice journey astrology is always to hear that <laughs> <laughs> i think everybody is right we're just like ah. <laughs> it's so true especially with the like the december grand conjunction i feel like that was just the epic like freak out and now we get to just have let's have some good time let's have some some romance i love that yeah. Only if you're in a relationship, though. <laughs> Only if you're in a relationship. Otherwise, romance your creative projects. Romance your intuition. Yeah. I love and, that. Yeah. And then on March 20th is when we have the equinox, like the spring equinox happens. Yes. The sun moves into Aries. It's a complete vibe shift. So it's like dreamy, dreamy escapism. Smoke some weed if you want. Just like la, la, la. <laughs> you know, like spend more time in your journal with your paints and your crafts, whatever, you know, like do some macrame, you know, do whatever that like gets you into that creative dreamy mind space. And then come the 20th of March, it's like, okay, now it's time. Jump in, make it happen. Bam. And so it's new beginnings. You think spring, like the tulips are budding and it's new beginnings. And it's, it's Aries as a archetype is the infant, but it's also the pioneer and the trailblazer and the, the prototype maker. And it's got a bad rep for being self-centered, but really what I see it in a healthy, like exalted expression of Aries, it's like you are centered in your self. Mm. And so that work that we do in the Pisces season where we just let ourselves like lollygag a little more than usual, like don't be so serious, like let the dreams happen, escape when you need to, spend time, you know, in that ethereal world, then it allows you to reconfigure who and where you are in this world. And so this shift from Pisces to to Aries, it's like it's your rebirth. Mm-hmm. So the creative project really is you. Mm. And when we go into Aries, it gives you permission to bring forth this new expression. And then on the 21st, it's the first Sunday afterwards, good old Uranus is having a nice little time with Mercury. Again, messages coming in, strokes of insight, again, in a different way, intuition heightened. Uranus works with Kundalini energy. So it's like, you know, how do you move life force in your body in a way that lights you up? And then can you talk about it? Mm. Can you talk about what lights you up? You know? And so that's that that will take us there. And then the rest of the month is that Aries energy, which is kind of intense. No planets are retrograde. Like you can go. Like it's Mm. like go time. Get at it. Get her done. Just do it. Wow. Love that. Yes. And I think that's where I'm going to leave it with you, I think. I love that. That was so great. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm just excited for March 3rd. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let's just have it. Let's just have a relaxing time. (laughs) Yeah. You're good. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think what I love so much about this practice is that it doesn't matter what my sun sign or my rising sign or like, yes, I can access my whole chart in this program, but it doesn't like, it's more about like what's going on for everyone, which feels so inclusive and like way less, like I have to worry about being my Virgo self, like all the time. Oh, you're a Virgo. I am. <laughs> I have a Virgo stellium. I oh. get you. Oh, you get, you get it. it. You get it. <laughs> Nobody gets us. No. They think but- we're different than we really are on the inside. It's like, all I want to be is understood, but like, <laughs> it's never going to happen. Only other Virgos will get you. Yes. I'm so glad you're here. Just so glad. (laughs) 
Um, okay. So I feel like we're talking about this program and, uh, we should probably define it at this point. So tell us how attuned to the moon came about. When did you start joining the practices of astro, um, I'm sorry, yoga nidra and then astro nidra to astrology and how did that come about? So, well, okay. So yoga nidra for people that don't know what it is, it's a laying down meditation and it's way easier than actually meditating. <laughs> Just like for starters, if anybody's tried to start a meditation practice and you're just like, I sit down, my brain goes crazy. It's the most uncomfortable in my body. It doesn't work for me. I don't know how you guys do it. You're going to fall in love with yoga nidra because you lay down, you lay down and you, you just, it's more comfortable. And we're not trying to control the mind in yoga nidra. We're actually allowing all the different expressions of the mind to be there. And by allowing it all in and saying like, mind, you're perfect exactly as you are. Let's just hang out for a bit. The mind is like, I don't have much to say anymore. <laughs> it's so funny. It's, so true. it's like dealing with a two-year-old, like mom, 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 mom. And I'm like, yes. And he's like, nothing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. But then once it, once you end up in that silent space that where the practice, what it will show you is, I mean, it's different for absolutely everybody. But mm -hmm. so what happened for me is I really fell in love with the practice of yoga nidra, even though I had known about it and I had done it for years before. But when I became a mom, when I became a mom, I was so tired. I was a regular meditator for like eight years before being a mom, like every day, pretty much. And I was sitting and like falling asleep, my, like doing my head bob and oh my God. it was just torture. And there were so many other things I'd rather have been doing than struggling <laughs> with it. And so I started doing my yoga ninja practice more when I became a mother and it was exactly what I needed because who's not tired and mm. it was so restorative. And around the same time, I, even though I'd been studying astrology for a long time and it was always a personal practice and I'd brought it into yoga classes, just mostly, mostly like the new and full moons, the equinoxes and solstices, like the major events. I would bring it into yoga classes before that. Um, I didn't, I was only doing it because in my world of teaching yoga, I was taught that you always have to bring in a theme and sometimes I just had no themes and I'd be like, well, we can talk about the equinox, <laughs> you know, like, oh I, my God. like it wasn't, as refined as it is today. But the point of sharing that is that the seeds of it have been inside of me for a very long time. Mm -hmm. It took a while for them to germinate. And I started to write about the noon full moons. I was blogging about the noon full moons. And what I noticed is that when I would lay down and do my yoga ninja practice in the morning, when I would write in my journal before looking at the astrology, by the time I looked at my astrology, I noticed that what I was journaling was always super in line with the astrology. Mm -hmm. And I started to think like, okay, there's something happening here. And then um, I laughed later on when I looked back at when I did my yoga nidra training, my teacher, her name's Tannis Fishman. She's a brilliant, masterful yoga nidra guide. She um, had us hand in two practicum uh, scripts you know, like so that she could see that we actually know what we were doing. And my script was called Yoga Nidra to Attune to the Moon. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It was born right there. It was born right there. And it's wow. actually the, the, like on Attune to the Moon, there's a free practice. It's the Attune to the Moon. It's that script. I actually use my original script. I barely edited it at all just to honor like that was the beginning of all of this. So that's, wow. you know, that, that exists in the world. And then um, I started, I was teaching at Love Yoga in Venice, California, and um, I was guiding a, a class that was an hour movement in 30 minutes of Yoga Nidra. And I just was theming everything on the astrology and people loved it. The class was like a cult following. There wasn't a lot of new people coming in, but the people, once they came once, they seemed to come again and again and again and again, <laughs> you know? And mm -hmm. like my Sunday class, people would come to me and say, you just set my week up so well with knowing what's going on in the astrology and validating what I'm feeling and whatever. And one of the women that was coming to the classes, her name's Serafina, she um, was bugging me. She's like, you need to stream these classes or you need to record them or you need to, you know, share this because 
look at how it's helping us, you know, and I bet you could get more people. And I just thought like, nobody's going to care. And I didn't know if the studio would let me stream classes from the studio. And I'm a Virgo. I'm not a rule breaker. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, Anyways, I did. I ended up breaking the rules and I streamed the class and I was getting messages from people. I streamed it on Instagram, you know, when they used to only be up for one hour. Oh yeah. And I get messages from people being like, oh my God, I love that class. That was amazing. And I started to record them and I put them on my website for seven bucks and people bought them. And I was like, what? (laughs) People want this? I love that. Okay. And I was literally recording like on voice notes on my phone with the microphone that like on my earphones, just recording from that and then putting it in GarageBand and taking a dehummer out. So it sounded a little bit better. And, you know, like I wasn't produced, nothing was produced. Wow. Yeah. And then, so that's how it started. And then um, another woman in my class, her name Shannon, she was like, you need to start a subscription. And I was like, this is so technical. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I like to teach yoga, not do tech thing. Uh-huh. And so for her, I, I figured out how to do a subscription and it ended up being a disaster. It was a total pain in the butt. The the platform that, I'm, that I was using was really clunky and there were so many questions. And I was like, I'm answering so many emails on how to download this practice. Like it was so annoying. So I shut down the subscription Anybody that was in was in, but I wasn't letting anybody else in because the amount of time it took to teach people. Oh. I was like, oh, what? That's not my thing. I want to just <laughs> guide to practice. Um, and then over time, I, now I actually got a web developer to make a website and bring it through. So it's all just been really organic. Wow. And I never meant to start like a little mini tech company, but I guess that's what I did. You know, Virgo. I didn't mean to. <laughs> yeah, I still don't want to deal with the tech side of things at all. You know, like that's not where, that's not what lights me up. It's not what I accelerate at. It's contractive for me. Mm -hmm. I just want to be in the creative side of things. And hopefully that's where I get to be more so because the people that have been doing these practices, you know, I guide, I teach, I, I run trainings. So people come and they train, like, how do I guide the practice? Or they just want to deep dive in the practice. When people that have been doing these, you know, for years uh, um, on end, the stories that I hear from people, the way that it's transforming their lives, the way that it's affected everything from like how they mother or finishing a thesis or asking for the raise that they wanted or finding their love or unpacking their purpose or finding their voice or all the things. Like I just got a message from a mama the other day. She was like, I decided to treat myself to a new moon circle and I had no idea it would be the last new moon circle that you ever did live pre COVID. And then she jumped into all the online stuff and she's been doing it consistently. And she's like, as a mom, I think she has four kids. She's like, as a mom of four, when I came to that new moon circle, I was completely lost. I didn't know how to find myself within the chaos of motherhood and marriage and responsibilities of career. And she's like, over the course of this year, I found myself, I feel connected with my intuition. Mm -hmm. I know the direction of my career. I feel like a stronger mother, like just everything. And really the commitment to get there is so small, you know, like you lay down, you press play and you play in your imagination. Like that's what you do. But the, the, the technique, the technology behind what I'm sharing is rooted in neuroscience and the mystical sciences. And I'm not just, it's not just like, I'm not lollygagging. Like I'm not lollygagging. Although that I'm allowing you guys to get there where you can go into this imaginative place. I'm like studying with some of the best teachers in the world, like Dr. Joe Dispenza Mm. And Bruce Lipton and Greg Braden and master, like people that are masterful at the art of yoga nidra, like um, Tennis Fishman and Indu Aurora just blew my mind. John Vlosser, I've only just touched in these other teachers and and, um, Kamini Desai and Richard Miller. And a lot of those I've only come to through their books, you know, or like doing their online stuff in person. My main teacher with yoga nidra is Tennis Fishman and Joe Dispenza. But like, my studentship is what drives the whole entire thing. And I take it really seriously because I know the potency of the practice to transform lives. And so embedded in every single practice, I'm working with the nervous system and the endocrine system and the way that the psyche um, 
programs or reprograms beliefs or stories or memories or like your past so that you can be more empowered in the life that you're living and operate from a more intuitive and guided place in your life because my the belief that I hold that is never ending, that's never left me, is that we came here for a reason. There's a perfect place for us. There's a message. There's a role. There's a relationship. Like there, there is a perfect fit for us. Like we wouldn't come here if there wasn't a perfect fit. And the world tells us where we fit, mm-hmm. but it's wrong. Mm-hmm. The only source of where you belong in this world is what it feels like inside of you. And when you have an intimate relationship with that feeling inside of you, every interaction you have in the world is easy to recognize if it's a fit or not. It's Mm. so easy to recognize if it's a fit or not. And so that's what this practice teaches is how to listen to that radar inside of you that just guides you based off how it feels. That's a yes, that's a no. Turn right, turn left. Be in that relationship, don't be in that relationship. Stay longer for the conversation, get out of the conversation. There's something for you to grow and learn from in this dynamic. This is not a healthy dynamic, get out of it. Mm -hmm. And all of that is feel, feel, feel. But the world teaches us something different than that. And that's why we're all anxious and depressed and insomniacs and frustrated and lost is because nobody taught us what we're looking for in that feeling. And so the feelings getting, getting really loud, like anxiety is a different expression of the same feeling of intuition. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's uncomfortable, but it's like your body is saying, ah, (laughs) it's not a fit. I love looking at it like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's getting louder because we're not listening. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I'm just going to get louder and louder and louder until you listen. Or depression is like, you know, obviously all of these are chemical as well. So I don't want to diminish the realness of all of it, but there are opportunities in all of it to realign and reconfigure and, and repurpose our path and, and the way that we show up in this world. And so that's the mission. It's kind of big, right? That's how we started. That was a short question with a long answer. (laughs) So good. It was so good. I, I am just, it's so inspiring to hear how it started because I feel like those little breadcrumbs, I wouldn't even call them breadcrumbs. I would just like, it's almost like you were just going down a path. (laughs) Like you didn't really, you weren't seeking anything. You were just trying stuff and sounds so amazing just how organic it was to start. And I love that you have little angels along the way being like, yeah, they, they pushed you a little bit. Yeah. So I'm like, we need those. We need those people. Right. Especially as Virgos, like it's, it's just like, you gotta be pushed a little bit. So it's so incredibly beautiful. I love hearing about all of the influences behind your work. It shows in every different yoga nidra. And so I actually found you through insight timer and on insight timer, you have, I think this was like the course. So you have a course on there. I can't remember what it's called. It's like mind overcome obsessive thinking. Yes. But yes. It should be called. If you're a human, you should do this. If, yes. If you want to live, <laughs> just do this. And each day, like you bring in so much like neuroscience and mindfulness and like, it's a beautiful and yoga nidra, obviously, but it's just this beautiful course that really encapsulates like how to connect with your intuition and your body. And it would like, that was the moment I was like, this girl is freaking onto something. She's <laughs> and, a nerd. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I like where this is going, <laughs> but then now you're taking it in so many different directions. So like the yoga nidra that I did yesterday was the soul conversation. Oh yeah. The snuggle up with your soul for Pisces season. This Pisces season is just rocking my world. Um, It's amazing. (laughs) But the soul, uh, snuggling up with your soul was just like, 
I could have done that for hours, hours. Like you just sit and you talk with your soul and the way that that leads you in it. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, now that you know the technique, you can do it whenever you want. I like was walking around being like, can I just do it now? Can I do it now? Oh yeah. Here we are. Here we are. Just here we are. We're here together forever. (laughs) It's just so, I mean, and then we, there's this soul retrieval, um, yoga nidra. There's, uh, there's just so many. And I, I love the way that you weave them in based on whatever moon sign we're in or whatever sun sign we're in. So I, yeah, I'm just like blown away and really, really grateful. I'm just going to keep saying that. (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting because when I started doing them, I was working on the emotional level of astrology with the moon. Cause to me, the moon is our emotions and the things that we hold. And then the next year I was like, wait a minute, I need to get more creative. What are we doing? And the, my favorite, so then I started to work with different sides of the astrology. And then I realized like Jupiter spends a year in a sign. And so Mm. if I use Jupiter as the overarching theme for the years, um, astronidras, and they come out with every time the sun changes sign, they first used to come out with the new moons. And now I publish them with the sun cycle. And because I do one a year for 12, there's 12 signs. And I theme them on Jupiter. And my favorite year ever was when Jupiter was in Capricorn. And they're called the Embodiment Series. It's And I used um, Bonnie Bainbridge-Cohen. If you're familiar with her work, if you're a dancer, you would fall in love with her. She's this mm. eight-year-old, badass, movement, like somatic movement genius. She basically teaches you how to get into your body in such a way that the organ that you're playing with becomes aware of itself. Whoa. And you hear me cue that in some of my practices, but astrology lives in our body. So it lives in our organs and it lives in our fluids and it lives in our systems. And so for a year, every sun season, I created a new one infusing Bonnie Bainbridge Cohen's embodiment work into it. So for Virgo season, for example, since that's what you are, um, the Virgo lives in the digestive system from the mouth to the anus, but primarily in the colon. And so we go through the digestive system in the practice and Libra, it's in the kidneys. So we go and like go into the kidneys in the practice and Pisces is the lymphatic system. So we go into the lymphatic system and we, and use this like metaphorical world of Uh, we use the metaphorical world of what the organs are kind of like Chinese medicine with the embodiment work of Bonnie Bainbridge Cohen. And this, that year of practices, like if you started and went and you could do it in a month now because they come up every time the moon changes signs. If you did them all, you would have such a, a profound living in your body, like a profound existence in your body. You know, it's my favorite. Capricorn is the bones. And so it's bone deep listening. And Bonnie talks about how the tiniest bone in your body is in your ear. And then your bones have a communication system. So we start in the ear and we go through all the bones and we go right down into the marrow of the bones. And then you listen to the marrow of your bones. Like, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's so fun. Amazing. I feel like the one for Pisces season is the jellyfish, the jellyfish one. Is that right? That's right. Yes. It's so good. It's freaky. It's so good. (laughs) And that's Bonnie. Like I have to credit Bonnie. And then one of Bonnie's students is, um, her name is Sadie Adams. She's, I consult with her on them because I want them to be like technically sound, but yeah. Wow. That's incredible. I love hearing about the overarching like goal or the influence of Jupiter. That's really cool. It's so fun. <sighs> Such big, <laughs> so big picture. Okay. So talk to me about the difference between a yoga nidra and an astro nidra. So the traditionalist yoga nidra people probably have a lot to say about what I'm doing because I break all of the rules. So I've studied it. I understand it. And what I, <clears throat> I actually did a five-day training with Rod Stryker and he, one lecture that he shared. And Rod is one of the people that would be like, don't do this. Like he's a traditionalist. But what he said was there's a difference between the process of getting you into this, like the process of yoga nidra and the state itself. And the process of yoga nidra would be the 
lineages. Like it would be the techniques. Like, are you going through the koshas, which are the layers of the body? So the food body, like our physical body, our energetic body, our mental, emotional body, our intuitive body, and our bliss body. Those are the koshas. And that's really the foundation of a lot of different um, lineages of yoga nidra. Um, Rod Stryker is part of the Himalayan Institute and they don't do the co- they honor the koshas, but that's not their main focus. And and every style that I had studied up until that point had always used the koshas. And all of a sudden Rod was just like, feel gravity, be effortless with your breath and rest in spacious awareness. And he's like, that's a complete practice. And I was like, huh. And then my teacher, or Dr. Joe Dispenza, he's doing a laying down meditation because he doesn't use any Sanskrit or anything, even though he's pulling from all these ancient and shamanic practices, he's making it a mystical science and uses plain English to connect with more people. And I love that about him. Although some people might say he's appropriating. (laughs) He might be the worst appropriator out there. Oh my God. (laughs) I also think he's a genius and he, because he is studying it through the scientific body. Um, And he does it in a different way. He is looking at it through the chemical body. He's like, okay, how do we take somebody from waking to a DMT release, a natural DMT release? And so when you do, and I've done four in-person studies with him, advanced studies, and one of his lectures, I could listen to him talk about this for a hundred years and never be bored of it. But he basically talks about how we move from a release of melatonin which is melatonin is the sleep uh, chemical, the sleep hormone. So when you go lights out, naturally, if everything in the body is healthy and in in its natural order, when the sun goes down and the lights are out, the pineal gland naturally starts to produce melatonin. Then the way that the, the chemicals, they actually start to morph from each other. So tryptophan to melatonin to, now I don't know the technical terms, but I'll just tell you the way that he describes it. It's like we go into a hibernation. It's a similar chemical to what a bear receives in hibernation. And then we keep moving and it's like a similar chemical to like a benzodiazepine, mm. which is like a like a anti-anxiety. Like it just calms everything down and makes everything more still. And then we go to a place where it's a similar chemical to what a butterfly gets when it goes into the imaginal state where it like goes from being a caterpillar into mush into a butterfly. So it's this transformative, the power of transforming the mind. That's what we get next. And then there we have the body produces three natural psychedelics. And one is like the dream time. And one is the imagination that allows you to have visualizations. And the other is DMT. And I'm sure there's more, but these are what I know of right now in my current studies. Um, and then finally, the one is DMT. And so he takes us on this journey where it's like melatonin. Like when you study with Joe Dispenza in person, there's three days where you wake up before the sun. The only lights that are there are red lights. The room is cold. You come in, you bring your blanket and your pillow, you lay down and he walks you through a meditation that's like keeping you in that luminal space between sleep and awake, which is exactly where we go in Yoga Nidra. And he walks you into the room that your pineal gland lives in. And he, as he's doing this, he's masterfully, he's calling it the formula. He masterfully takes you into emotional states or imaginal states that get you to release those exact hormones. And then you can bring yourself to a natural release of DMT. And so when I really started to get what Joe's doing, like why people go away to a Joe Dispenza retreat and literally come back a different person, (laughs) like literally come back a different person. Once I started to get that, I was like, oh man, this is a part of how I guide yoga nidra. So there's like deviation number. Actually, Joe came first, then, then Rod. And then with the, with the astro ninjas, I was like, I'm already breaking the rules. And to go back to what Rod said about it's the state, the Mm. process is different than the state. And so I started to just guide from the state. Like, how do I get somebody into the state? And with the mystical sciences that Joe Dispenza and Bruce Lipton and Greg Braden are teaching, they are teaching the state over and over and over again. They just aren't calling it the same thing, but it's that state where the analytical mind is not part of the experience, 
where the brain waves are in a coherent state. So the nervous system is in one beautiful hum. There's no mm -hmm. distractions. You are so present. You're in this like extraordinary experience of presence. And then Joe reminds us always bring in elevated emotion. So once you get into this extraordinary experience of presence, which we work with the nervous system, we work with feeling, we work with like the inner, inner sense of interoception, which is to feel from the inside. So like body scan, right? So we're working with the techniques of the body. And then I get you to a place in the practice where the external world is completely gone. You have no idea how long you've been in the practice for. You're, you, the world inside of you is more real than the world outside of you. And then we just drop in some elevated emotions, which then opens up the heart in a way that allows prana and life force to morph and change your chemical composition to a natural release of DMT. And that is ultimately the goal of every single practice that I put out. Damn. Yeah. That's like, that's it. So, so, and then I'm using the astrology just to help me understand what organ system am I going into or what thematic, what elevated emotion, what are we collectively being influenced under? Like, what are we collectively under the influence of? And then it, the astro Nidra then, like you were saying, it's to what's happening in the stars today. And so now we're working collectively and that's another piece of coherence that's often missed. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the real power of the practice comes is because now if all of us, like on the website, you can only see practices for the sun. So right now the sun is in Pisces and you can only see practices for the sign that the moon is in. So there's a limited number of practices that this community is all practicing from. So we're going into coherence within ourselves, but then we're also going into a community coherence. And when we go into a community coherence, the power of transformation is amplified because mm. we are connected through this shared practice. So when you have an awakening experience or a transformative experience inside your practice, it actually amplifies my ability to go into a transformative experience in my practice. So if I'm having a bad day and I lay down, I I have the power of the community to help lift me out of that bad day. Like, isn't, Amazing. I just think it's like romantic really to know yeah. that when I lie down for this practice, like I can go on insight timer and I can do dope ass meditations. Like I can, there's so much goodness on there. I love that app. It's amazing. But yes. And it also shows you that you're meditating with like 20,000 other people at yeah. like, you know, you just <laughs> meditated with 500,000 people or whatever it is, you know? And I love that. But you're all practicing with a different goal on a different practice in a different way mm. where this community we're coming together and we're practicing with a similar, uh, a similar mission in mind through the practice. And we're doing the same practices. Wow. So talk about elevating universal consciousness. So cool. It's a unifier. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. I love, I love hearing the big picture. It's so cool. <laughs> fun. Yeah, yeah, it is so fun. Okay. So talk to us about the Sankalpa. I feel like, okay. So I know this is like a really ancient practice and I'm like, did these old, old yogis just know what neuroscience was like, <laughs> what is going on with the Sankalpa and how, how does that relate to the practice of your neuroscience? Okay. I'm going to start this with a bold statement. The old ancient yogis and sadhus that were re like revealing that were bringing these practices through, they were connected to that feeling inside of themselves that I was talking about before. And the practice then, you know how people say the teacher's inside of you? Yeah. Yes. Like, what does that mean? Honestly, I hear that. I've heard that for years and I'm like, oh, okay, but who do I know to trust in there? Like, there are many voices, <laughs> you know, like you should hear what happens inside this. Who do I listen to? Who's the boss here? You know, like it's not. But when you refine your listening to that inner listening and you, you what happens inside of the practice is the teacher does reveal itself. Mm. And when we look at the ancients, there was actually, they, they talk about the goddess Yoga Nidra the goddess yoga nidra that comes to lay down with you. Mm. 
And that's like the birth of the teacher inside when the goddess Yoga Nidra is there. And so the ancients, the mystics, the, the, the people that brought this practice through and knew how to work with Sankalpa from the beginning, they didn't need science. Mm. They didn't need neuroscience to understand because they were so awake inside of the experience that the teacher showed them what to do and how to do it. And then as time progressed and science became, has become a religion in its own right, everything needs to be proven. Like, ah, I don't believe that. Show me some proof. And so we have now, that's why I love Joe and Bruce and, and Greg is because they are mystics that have a strong enough of an interest to prove the mystic through science and show us like, no, this is real. Mm. Okay. And so when we're looking at Sankalpa, it is, we can explain it through intuition and, you know, like most of the practices that come through me now are coming through that inner teacher, Mm. you know, like that it's coming from there where with the neuroscience that then validates it. Right. So what Sankalpa is doing is it's looking at First of all, you are already whole. You are already perfect. You are the seed of an enlightened being when you are born and you will only continue to grow into that. Like a mango seed will never turn into an apple tree, right? (laughs) And so what a Sankalpa is, it's like a fertilizer for that seed that is the root seed of you and who you are. And the Sankalpa then, it isn't putting something in you. It's revealing. It's like shaking the dust off of the scroll that's inside of you, right? Like this, your, your scripture, like your purpose and your path. And so Sankalpa is a statement of remembering. Mm. It's not usually where we start with Sankalpa. Usually Sankalpa starts with like, well, I'm feeling kind of shitty. So my Sankalpa is going to be, I am lovable. Right. I think that's exactly where I started. Right. It's like, (laughs) yeah, I don't believe I'm lovable, yeah. but I heard that if I say it enough times in my Sankalpa practice, then, then it becomes true. Yeah. So, and that's great. That's where we should start, right? But then as we continue on with it and study it from a neuro, like neuroscience, what we're doing is you go into a state of coherence, like I mentioned before. In that state of coherence, all faculties of awareness are on the same page with each other. Mm-hmm. Because all faculties of awareness are on the same page with each other, it's like you've sharpened your focus. And inside of that focus, we're able to see the seed thought or the seed belief that is keeping us small, keeping us limited, having us believe that we're not worthy, having us think that, you know, somebody else could do it better than us or stay in the compare game or whatever it is, right? So we can see that seed. And all of a sudden, when you use Sankalpa and you're in there, it's like you pull the the weeds out and then the, the, the soil of your mind becomes really fertile because the analyzer is not there to say, come on, you know, you're not lovable. Look (laughs) at all the proof that you're not lovable. That's not there. That's not part of, that's like not in the game. The analyzer's sleeping. And then you plant the seeds of the Sankalpa. I am lovable or I'm worthy or I am whatever your Sankalpa is. And it goes into the soil. And then as you carry through the practice, it's like creating the perfect environment in your mind in order to bring that to life. But really it's this, it's, it's the seed is already there. It, it should be described. Sankalpa is always described as a seed, but it should be described as the fertilizer for the seed that's already there. Mm, I love that. And from a neuro, neurological point of view, what we're doing is we're creating new neural pathways in the brain that energy can fire along. And we repeat it and we go back into the like we use, you use the same Kalpa over time because every time you repeat it, it strengthens that neural pathway. And so the neural pathway of I'm not worthy is a very strong neural pathway. But what's brilliant about the brain is that like, if you could imagine like two centers, like two hubs, have you seen that movie inside out? Oh yeah. Yes. Okay. So inside out, okay. Mm -hmm. There's an Island, there's goofball Island and there's 
um, family island and they're like floating in this vast open space and there's like a little walkway to Goofball Island and there's a little walkway to Family Island. Well, if you don't go visit Goofball Island, what happens is another island gets built. And in her case, it, she was sad, right? Because she had moved and she was feeling really sad and she was angry. And so she built another island. And this is another little hub, another neurological hub in the brain. And the connector, that pathway that went to Family Island or Goofball Island, there's only a certain amount of glue in the brain. And so then it starts to prune. So if you're not walking the path to Goofball Island, then the the glue then is like, wait, I need to build a path to Sad Island. Mm. And the glue actually leaves Goofball Island and comes over to Sad Island. So then the path to Sad Island is a strong island. And that's now where energy is going to fire over. Mm. And when there's no more glue left on Goofball Island, Goofball Island falls into the abyss. No. Right. And then it's gone. Yeah. But we can do it the other way too. If Sad Island is where we've been walking the line to, let's say, let's use a real life thing. I'm always seeking external validation. And I, I can't understand my own worth without somebody validating that I'm worthy. Right. And so I have this very strong island of unworthiness. And this, the pathway is built from the external validation that I'm addicted to. Right. But what I want to build is a self-validating island that knows that I have purpose and that I'm needed here and that I add value to the world. And so my sankalpa becomes, I am valid. I am valid. And every time I go into the practice and I say, I am valid, you're building that pathway. And the glue that was holding the, the invalid or the worthy, the lack of worth island on starts to jump ship over to the I am valid island. And eventually that feeling that you're not worthy or that you have no place in this world, it will fall into the abyss. Right. And you strengthen the pathway to knowing that you have purpose and you add val value to the world. Mm. When you, when that, that, um, uh, um, neurological cluster falls into the abyss, it's gone. Yeah. So my feeling of lack from my own history of not feeling worthy to be doing things or like I use my own Sankalpa just now. I used I am valid for years. Mm. I don't actually know that woman through today's experience anymore because I don't have the neural pathway in my brain that reminds me constantly that I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy. Instead, I have a neural pathway that I've created in my brain that fires energy down. Now I'm scanning my environment for evidence that I am worthy or that I'm adding value. And I couldn't see it before, even though it existed, I couldn't see it before because I didn't have the neural pathways in my brain to receive that information. Mm. And using the Sankalpa, I am valid. I started to create that bridge inside of my own neurology that now I recognize it. And not only do I recognize it, I look back at my past and I'm like, it was always there. Mm. Do you see? Yeah. Yes. So, homework. If you haven't watched it, go watch Inside Out. So you have an <laughs> idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> but Sankalpa is the tool that helps us to build that um, neurological architecture that allows us to see our own brilliance and mm. live from our own genius and really understand that we do belong. That was amazing. Thank you for that visual description of rewiring neural pathways. Like that <laughs> might have been the best actual description I've ever heard of it. <laughs> yeah. So thank you. Yeah. And I, um, the Sankalpa is, it seems so sacred. I, I was like, I, can I even share with other people? What my Some people don't. <laughs> Most people don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh my gosh, thank you. Thank you for, um, for sharing that. And for anyone that's listening, if you want to um, start practicing this in couple, highly recommend. <laughs> yeah. And we're starting a little series on our Instagram with 
um, Senkalpa, like how to develop Senkalpa. And then we'll eventually put, once I have the ability to do downloadables on the website, I'll have a little workshop for Senkalpa as well. It's just not there yet, but. Nice. Nice. Oh, yeah. so exciting. This new website is just amazing. It's so functional and efficient and amazing. I just, I'm such a Virgo right now with my commentary, but it's I love just it. you so love good. It, it is oh. so good. Um, okay. I have one last question for you before I let you go, but, um, in a recent new moon circle, you commented on how learning more about astrology makes you realize how much we just don't actually know. And I've heard people say this before about astrology and specifically, like the more you learn, the more it's just like, we don't know anything. So I'm so curious, what does this mean for you and how has this like affected your practice? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Well, it's really humbling. Mm. And I think everybody can relate to the feeling of being out in a field or on a beach or in the middle, like on a boat in a lake where there's no light pollution and you look up at the stars and you're just like humbled, you know, wow, what are we doing? We are on this rock, like flying through space with these stars that are, you know, it's so big and so vast. And so an astrology is the language of the stars. And so that same feeling that you get when you lay down and look at the stars and it just is transcendent. It it transforms people in an instant is astrology is the slow unpacking of what that experience is. And I would say that the biggest benefit to my life personally with astrology is twofold. One is that it has validated who I am a million times over in a million different ways, again and again and again, I look at my own chart and I see new things all the time, depending on where my consciousness is at that moment. And when the world told me that I couldn't be something, my chart told me that I could. And Mm. so it's validating. And that's what I love about doing readings is that people usually leave a reading feeling so seen and so validated. They're just like, holy smokes, like that, that is me. That is who I am. And then the potential that is seen in the chart that's often shared by the reader opens up possibility. So that's a major benefit. The other benefit that for me personally is that once I started to understand my own chart, like as I'm a Libra sun with a Virgo stellium, so Virgo moon and rising and Jupiter and Saturn and the North Node and Black Moon Lilith and blah, blah, blah. And once I saw that, I thought everybody saw the world the same way as I saw the world. (laughs) You know, like just totally admitting my own short-sightedness. Like you think that the world's, you think that other people see the world the same way as you. You think that people feel feelings the same way that you feel feelings. You think that people need communication or to be in relationship in the same ways. But you look at the astrology and you go, oh my God, we're all so unique. It's absolutely phenomenal. And if I look at your chart, the second I look at your chart, I have compassion. I have empathy. I have space. I have the ability to see you for who you are rather than who I need you to be. It can shape communities. Like my aim with astrology is to make it part of our community lexicon in such a way, our community understanding, our community lexicon, our way of relating to each other in such a way that when we meet, I can be like, what's your moon? And you're like, oh, I'm Pisces moon. Oh, cool. And I can instantly know that your Pisces moon is way more sensitive, needs time alone. They don't need, they have a lot of feelings, but they don't need to talk about them right away. You know, or somebody like me, I'm a Virgo moon. I have a lot of feelings, but they're like not going to be shared with you. Sorry. <laughs> on my terms, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'll do something with them. Don't worry. I got a way to work with them, but it's not going to be the same as a Pisces moon mm. or like a Gemini moon. You know, they need to talk about it. A Libra moon needs to relate through things and like talky, 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 talky. You got issues. We got to talk about it, mm. <laughs> you know, and earth signs, they're going to build something with it. They're going to, the, the emotions are going to motivate them. Water signs, they're going to go spend some time alone and they're going to come back with like the deepest wisdom and insight, you know, like everybody's got a different way and fire. They're going to, they're going to, I mean, it's like fire is its own world of intuition that is fast and Mm. passionate and, you know, they're not thinking so much. It's, it's faster than thought. Um, 
And so when I understand that, when I come into so now, I, I see some people, I'm like, oh, dude, that, that person has so much fire. <laughs> and instead of me being intimidated by them mm. or wanting them to cool down a little bit, I can watch them and be inspired by them. Mm. You know, instead of like pushing my, my water sign friends for a bigger conversation, I can like give them space and not write stories in my head. Like, oh, they're not talking to me because X, Y, Z and I'm a jerk and blah, 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 blah. Not true. They just need time, mm. you know? And so I think that understanding community, relationships, culture, all of it through astrology, it builds compassion, understanding. It allows us to find harmony, harmony points through harmonics instead of sameness. It mm. gives license to respect diversity. It uh, honors and, and respects the unique position that everybody holds in the world. Mm. So that's my answer to that. I, I just think it's so important, mm. you know, that's beautiful. It's so okay. beautiful. This is a weird sign out, but I, I, I'm sure you've heard this, that Carl Jung was really into astrology. Super. I would just like love to see how he would see, or like, I would love to hear him experience astrology today <laughs> and hear his commentary on it. It's so cool. It's so cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so, so, so much. This has been just, I'm like, there's so many nuggets I'm just going to keep thinking about for them forever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, if anyone is interested in getting in touch with you, finding you on Instagram, signing up for Attuned to the Moon, how can they do that? I'm pretty easy to find Attuned to the Moon. If you can spell Attuned to the Moon, you can find me. That's the same as the website. It's it's the Instagram handle. Um, and then my name is a little bit more challenging to smell, spell. There's this <laughs> E, but it's Jana underscore Romer um, on Instagram. My website's the same. And then like you mentioned, Insight Timer is another place that you can touch in with me. Um, but with, with uh, Attuned to the Moon, that is literally the most up-to-date. It's where I'm pouring my whole heart and soul into right now. Um, I've got other amazing, uh, guides on there and the way that I'm selecting the teachers that come on it are, I'm not really so concerned that people are like rigid with technique as much as they're in their heart and working from mm -hmm. intuition, like that all the guides that are a part of attuned to the moon, they're connected with that, that radar inside that feeling inside of themselves. And, all of them share the goal of connecting people to that. And because we're all different, we do it in our own ways. And so that's, to me, attuned to the moon is really the place that you want to, that I, that I want to connect with you. I, that's where all the good stuff is going right it's now. Seriously. Yeah. It's and so we do new moon circles. We do, we've got the practices on there. We've got live yoga classes. We've got, you know, different things happening all the time and it's just growing. It's just starting. We're just getting started. Sounds so cool. It is so cool. And Jana is offering listeners 50% off. If you, I'm going to link below how to sign up for that. So you can click the link below. Yeah. It's for the expander pass only just because the other ones, it's more complicated. The expander pass will get you access to all of the practice. You get one free yoga class a month with it. And it's, it's like, it's the, it's the best pass. <laughs> best. It's the best. It's, it'll it's get you in the door. Yeah. And it's $11 a month. It's so cheap. Amazing. It's, it's so amazing. Cheap. It's yeah. Highly recommend in case you can't yeah. tell. <laughs> yeah. And we have a little Discord community there as well. So if oh, you're cool. looking for community and we're going to keep growing out the website. So there's different ways to connect as well. So amazing. Well, Jana, thank you for just everything that you are bringing to this world. And thank you for being on the show. It's been so fun. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to chat with you and connect and share in this way. So thank you. Thank Yay. you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's it for today's show. Thank you so, so, so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed. If you have a moment and you're in the Apple podcast app, please rate and review the show. I could really use all the ratings I can get. <laughs> And share this episode with a friend that may benefit from it. You never know. And of course, hit subscribe to keep up with new weekly episodes. Until next week, visit sarahcohan.com. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N 
lithamonic.com to find other podcast episodes. And you can find Lit AF on Instagram at it's me, Sarah Cohan. And you can also find me on Clubhouse. Thank you again for listening. Please stay lit, lit AF. And I hope to see you back here next week. <laughs>